Hey everyone, this is Zach, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Matt Fuller. Today, we've got a great episode for you. We'll be talking with the co-founders of Second Studio, Nikki and Dennis. They'll be running us through how they met and became co-founders, the difficulties of keeping the lights on at a games development studio, and their experience of taking the upcoming game Night Out to the crowdfunding platform Fig. So without further ado, let's get into it. Um, I guess my first question to you guys is, what was it like growing up as Nikki and Dennis? <laughs> I think you should start because you're the oldest. <laughs> okay. Uh, it was good, I guess. <laughs> um, I was kind of like uh, the generation where um, we didn't have a computer in the beginning. And once we got that, uh, I just started playing different small games. And obviously, once the PlayStation 1 came out, I really needed that. So <laughs> my parents bought it for me. Um, and my little brother was uh, also into gaming, so we kind of had to share. That was like horrible because then he had it for a week and once he had it, I couldn't use it. <laughs> so that's kind of like my entry to, um, to games. Um, but I think in the beginning I wanted to do animated films instead um, because back then I didn't think that games looked that good. Uh, so it was first like later when they became really pretty that I wanted to work with games as well. And I was like, the, the interactive aspect of it because you can tell so much more when a person is actually playing it and getting involved in in the game rather than just seeing a movie or something like that so yeah that's kind of the way I got into it I think for me it's, it's sort of it's sort of the same uh, I mean I, I also uh, grew up with without a computer in the beginning and um, I got a I got a PlayStation for my eight-year birthday uh, and then like everybody from like all the kids from the street they came home to me to play all the demos because because I just had demo discs for the PlayStation <laughs> um, and um, yeah that was a lot of fun and then I just after a lot of Crash Bandicoot I was really fascinated with that because I thought at that time that those graphics were really impressive and it was like a whole other world and I think just think that that and also um, like the first Toy Story movie, I remember watching that in the cinema, and um, I was really impressed with what you could do, like uh, 3D animation, and it just it was like a it was like a cartoon, but it was it just felt so real at the same time. Um, so I I was like I I, I would uh, I I thought I would be doing either like games or movies but I thought the movies was a bit more like I could I could see myself doing that whereas uh, games was sort of like a mystery for me like sort of a magical thing um, like you could press a button and something happened on the screen I didn't know I couldn't figure out like how, how would you even go about doing that so so yeah it's cool it sounds like you've um, you've both mentioned games and films as something that were important in your childhood. Aside from Toy Story and Crash Bandicoot, what were some other works that impressed upon you and sort of made you think, yeah, I want to do animation of some kind or get into that sphere? Uh, I think for me, um, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, the Peter Jackson trilogy, uh, made a big uh, impression on me. Because uh, I read the books at a very young age, and then uh, I saw the films, and it was just like what I had imagined almost. So, yeah. Mm. I mean, I played a lot of um, adventure games 
when I was uh, young, like Monkey Island and Full Throttle and those kind of games. And because they had this cinematic element to them and they were really story-driven, that really captured me. And that was like <clears throat> one of the things that I really wanted to kind of explore and maybe work towards. But then I also saw like a lot of uh, movies and cartoons and I remember that uh, actually it was mostly uh, The Incredibles that got me cut into films because I just thought it was so well made. And the universe that it kind of created around these superheroes was really appealing to me. So that's kind of like made my entry. And then I thought, okay, maybe I could do that as well once I saw that film. Absolutely. Yeah, The Incredibles is a really well-made and sort of magical film. So I can definitely understand that. Yeah, definitely. It's one of my favorites uh, too, actually, growing up. Um, absolutely love that movie. What was the first development um, project that you guys kind of got involved in that was edging you into development for video games? Um, I think there was like in the beginning, there was like a lot of smaller projects. Uh, so it, there was nothing that was really noteworthy, <laughs> not to <laughs> talk bad about in, in any way, but it was like for us, um, like we came out of the uh, animation workshop. That was like our education. Uh, both of us, and then we just decided to to make this company. Um, and then in the beginning, we, as I said, we got a lot of smaller gigs, uh, and it was everything from like uh, some like there was someone who needed like a character or and some some visual effects for a music video, um, and then there was like uh, then we did some graphic designs for website as, for websites as well and all kinds of stuff. Um, but in, right from the beginning, we had this idea for, for the game Jason and the Dead um, that we sort of uh, developed on from the start. So I think that we just took it upon ourselves to, to make something um, that, was a, that was a game. And then with that, other projects came along. Like we could show that to other people and then they would know that, ah, okay, these guys can make games. And then we got some more game-related stuff later on. Very cool. So that, that kind of brings us on to um, talking about how you guys met. So you say you've you had the idea for Jason and the Dead together and kind of wanted to work on it, but where did you guys meet for the first time? Because it's not often that you necessarily bump into the person that you're going to go into business with later down the line very easily. Uh, we actually met when uh, I met... I'm a, a couple of years older than Nikki, but I think you were very young when you met, because it was at a different school um, where we just went for one year and it was very short. And we, we talked to each other back then and we were kind of friends, but not really like the best friends. We just like we knew each other and we went to the same class. Uh, so were you one of the kids going back to, to Nikki's place to use the PS1 demo discs? <laughs> no, it was... I'm not, it was not that far. It was 17. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't it about that age? Yeah, yeah, I think I was 17. I was three years older than Nikki back then. And then there was one or two years that we didn't speak. But then accidentally, we both got in the same class at the animation workshop. And we were actually neighbors as well. And we had like the same ambitions and we really wanted to do this. So we kind of stayed late at school and we worked really hard. Um, and then at the third year at the school, you make a short film. Um, and we really wanted to work together along with another friend. Uh, so we kind of grouped up and came up with a pitch that we then pitched to, uh, because you had to come up with a pitch. 
uh, to pitch for in front of the whole class and the supervisors, and then they would select different projects. So that kind of became our first uh, project together, uh, which is a short that you can actually see on uh, YouTube. It's called Out of the Ordinary. Um, and after, there was one, there was the third guy, uh, his name is Tommy, and he kind of convinced us that we should make a company together when, once we were done. But then after our internship, he got a really nice job. So he was kind of like, oh, I need to wait a little bit because this job is just too nice to quit at the moment. But then me and Nicky, we thought, why, why don't we just go ahead and, and do it? So that's kind of like the beginning. Ending up in the same animation class and then having somebody kind of almost edge you to, to or, or convince you to start a company together is always a positive sign. Um, when you guys worked together, what was what were the skill sets that you saw in each other that made you kind of go, oh, you know, this person would be a good business partner? Well, I think that just like what Dennis also mentioned that I think we could see that each other stayed up late in the school and um, just uh, worked really hard on our individual projects. Um, so we could sort of see that there was this uh, burning passion in in our work um, and how we were so committed to the projects. Um, uh, so yeah, I think that's like definitely one of the, the things. Mm. I also think, like, after we worked together on the short film, we kind of realized that even though we went to the same school, we had different uh, skill sets. Uh, and we can fill most of the same roles, but I'm becoming more of, like, the technical code guy, and he is more of the art director guy. Um, and we also discovered that we work really well together. It's rare that we, if we disagree, we just talk about it and we find a common solution or a common ground. And if we can't agree on something, we just try out different stuff and we find out what actually works the best because sometimes Nicky has a very different idea that I have, but I just know and trust that he has a good idea. So why not try both out or try one of them out and see how it works um, compared to like, sometimes it can be a bit hard and you can get into an argument, but it's rarely happens with us. Yeah, I think also over the years, we've just been... Uh, building up all this uh, trust in that uh, in in each other's work, and uh, we know that uh, that each of us is really capable of um, of all these things. So that you know, if, even if we disagree, then then I just think, yeah, maybe he's right anyway because he's usually right about something. So. I mean, you've hit the nail on the head there. A lot of young companies that I've spoken to um, actually fail because there's a lot of tension between the founders and um, there's not always the best, uh, there's not always something in place to help find a solution. So uh, the fact that you guys, you know, have such a good working relationship, um, it automatically impacts Second Studio and sets you guys up for, for great success. Um in mentioning, you know, a lot of young developers um, that have their own dreams of starting up studios, um, oftentimes they don't really know what to do or how to do it. What was the process of creating your own studio um, for you guys? Uh, I think it was a very bumpy start in a way, not not between us, uh, but like um, yeah, there was a lot of things we didn't know. And um, starting a company, that's not something that they teach you in school. And they don't teach you, at least over here, they don't teach you 
all of the economics that go about uh, starting a company and all the little details that you have to keep in mind. Um, and um, so that's just something that you have to learn um, doing it uh, in a way. And that can be like, that can be a rough start in a way. And, and we didn't have a clear plan to start with and we didn't have any customers to start with. And we have had very little um, money in the bank. Um, so it was definitely rough and there was a lot of times where we struggled uh, to pay the bills and pay rent. Um, and sometimes, uh, yeah, sometimes later that we came into that problem as, as well again. But in the beginning, we didn't know what to do about it, really. Uh, so that was tough. Did you guys ever have a moment where you thought to yourself, um, right, maybe it's time to just um, hang up the gloves and call it a day? And if so, how did you know that we still had some more fight left in us to get second studio off the ground? It's, it's a really good question. I think that's, um, I think we have definitely like sometimes thought about maybe it's easier to just, uh, you know, get a regular job and uh, quit everything. But, um, but it's also like, then, then we think about like our times as interns and uh, what we had to do at those um, positions because that's sort of like a, when, when you come to the last year at school, then you have to go on an internship somewhere. And I think we both had a great internship, but, uh, but we just realized that uh, being like a, a, a cog in the wheel and working in this big machine of a company it's usually not something for us, like um, just doing just one thing. I think we we like having um, uh, different tasks to do, and we like the variety in it. So that's that's really just um, one way that you can do that, and that's by making your own job in a way. Um, so I think that we just you know kept thinking about that, and then um, finding solutions because. I think we're really good at finding solutions in these kind of problems. It sounds very inspiring. Um, I wonder, would you have any advice to, that you might give to people that would be in a similar stage to you might have been in the past? So they're at that point where they're thinking, I know I don't like working for a big company. I want to have the autonomy for myself. Um, how, how does someone like that? What advice would you give them to, to continue on? <clears throat> I think if it's like if you're young, as we were when we started, it can be really hard because you don't really have a resume that could back up your your skills or like what you actually can do. Uh, so if you're working in a big company, it's nice to just get that on the resume. If it's a well-known company, uh, you can, I would stay a little bit in the company and then I would start a company because I think when we just started out only with our internship in our backhand, it was, it can be really hard because you don't have any proof that you can actually make a good game or you can actually make a pretty a pretty nice character or something like that um so i would suggest that you just like do a little bit of work and then just jump into it because it can be really scary as well and you will never really be ready to do it but at some point you just have to do it and see what happens and you guys since you've started you've come a long way persevering and continuing to go even when things got a bit tough um, has, has led you to work for some fantastic companies such as Nordic Games and Disney. 
Can you tell us a little bit more about how you got those gigs and and what they did for you and what you did for them? Yeah, so so um, maybe I can just start with the, the Nordic game thing. Um, so it was like um, that was right in the beginning almost uh, of, of our company, and it, it was um, it was a small gig. Uh, it was just because um, normally. Uh, Nordic Game when they make the uh, the Nordic Game conference, um, they have to um, make all these uh, short uh, spots for like when you when they announce the nominees for the awards, then uh, then you see like an animated um, spot for like that shows shows off um, the nominees and such, um, sort of like an introduction thing. And uh, so they were looking for someone to do that because normally they have like uh, schools do it, like so some classes uh, take it up as a project and um, and do it for free. But then they had a small budget for it, and they were looking for some guys to do it because it had to be done really quickly. <laughs> um, and um, and then we took it took it on to do it. Uh, not not so much because of uh, the money, but also because we just like to support Nordic Game, and uh, we got some tickets for the conference and all that stuff. So, um, what was it like working for Disney, and how did that have an impact on you guys as a studio? Um, <coughs> yeah, go ahead. It was kind of like it was a funny story because we were just sitting at the office and we were crunching like crazy because we were doing this commercial. And we got really ambitious with the commercial. It was this uh, cheese commercial, and we wanted the cheeses to look. It was. It was. Uh, they need to look really nice and really like uh, appetizing. So we put a lot of work into making all the things in that commercial look so nice. And at the same time, we got an email from Disney. Um, and in the beginning, it was just because it was an email. We didn't really think that it would be a real email. We thought maybe it's a scam or something like that. Uh, so we had to sit down and research, and we took all the names that we could find in the email and put them into Google and see if it was actually from Disney. And then it and turned out it was looked them up on LinkedIn and everything. Yeah. <laughs> and then it turned out it actually was Disney. Um, so we had a short meeting with them while we were crunching on the commercial, and they said, uh, "Hey, we really like your work," and so on. Uh, it was a nice fit because we did a lot of cartoony stuff as well. Um, so they asked us if we could do a test for for this game that they were working on, and we said uh, yes, of course. But the problem was that we didn't really have time to do the test because we were so much we had to put so much work in the other commercial, and we were like working maybe twelve hours a day. So we had to do it all in one weekend. And I remember like yeah, we just worked nonstop that weekend. But I think the result also was really good. Um, and they liked it as well, so that was kind of like the beginning of that collaboration. Uh, so we did some characters for them and animations. We did from the whole beginning of designing and to the end of the final animations that they could put in the game. It was a great experience because it's really different to work with such a big company compared to smaller indie developers. And just to get an insight of how they work was really nice and the feedback that they gave us. Uh, was great as well because we could kind of uh, levitate our work to a higher level um, because they were, yeah, they were just like really talented people working there. So, yeah, I think, I think it was a really great experience because we could just um, 
like before that we we work mainly with clients uh, that was like um, not in the industry necessarily like uh, as Dennis mentioned the cheese commercial for example um, so and so th those guys uh, don't really know anything about uh, animation and so on so you kind of have to um, I guess educate them in a way so that they can get give um, valid feedback and so on. Um, but with Disney, it was like a whole other thing. So it was like um, they were really, really professional, as you might expect. Um, and um, it was just, um, I think we learned a lot from it. Really cool. Like, and after working with like both Disney and Nordic, did that? have an impact on any of the work that you are able to land later down the line? Um, I think people... Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, people are always impressed when you can say a name like Disney, but I, I think in some way it was uh, a good thing because we could evolve our style and we could adapt to a different style, like because Disney has such a specific style that it can be hard for an artist to do the same thing if they're not used to it. But that was kind. Of, that kind of became our thing that we could adapt to styles really fast, and we could do, like for example, we could do Jason and Dead, or we could do something realistic, or we could do Disney. So that was really a good selling point for for our company that we could just help with whatever style they would have. Absolutely, and I think at that point, um, as you covered many styles, uh, you guys took Jason and the Dead, um, which was a product uh, project you started developing before working for Nordic. Um, but then you picked it up again after you completed your work at Disney. Can you tell us a little bit about that process and picking that project back up and thinking about taking it to crowdfunding and how that turned out? Um, yeah, it, it's like it, it's been a bit special with uh, Jason and the Dead because it's like we, as we mentioned, we we worked on it from the very beginning of the company, and so we've had like many smaller projects in between. And uh, like many, like a lot of client work in between, and um, and so you kind of learn a lot from all those projects, and that you can take into the uh, the uh, into the game, like into Jason and the Dead, and and also vice versa. So what we learn from making our own production productions, we can sort of take into to the client work we do. Um, but yeah, um, going into crowdfunding, that was. Uh, that was something we talked about from the from the beginning that we probably had to do at some point, and uh, we also we got some some other funding like some regular funding from institutions and whatnot, um, like for example the the West Danish uh, Film Fund um, and other uh, funds like that, um, and. Um, and that's really great, but it's very small uh, funding amounts that you get. Um, so it only it only um, goes so far. Um, so we had to we had to make like a, a crowdfunding to get really like to get a lot of money uh, or a bigger budget. Um, and uh, we talked about Kickstarter for a very long time. Uh, but then we saw like uh, what they were doing over at Fig, and we thought that was really interesting. And that might be a, a good way to go because we know that from from other Kickstarter campaigns that we followed that you have to have a, a big following to um, to gather enough, um, and you have to have a big email list and so on. And we didn't really have that, so we thought maybe like 
maybe that crowd investment can do something for us. Like uh, people investing great amounts in the game, uh, hoping that it will be a success and then um, give a return. Um, so yeah, that's why we decided to go with uh, with Rick, and also because they they sort of help you um, get out, get the word out, spread the word, and get the word out. So. And what was the outcome of that fig campaign? Like, was it something that you did in twenty sixteen, or was it earlier than that? Uh, yeah, I think it was. Was it twenty sixteen? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we didn't we didn't uh, manage to get funded. It uh, was one of those unsuccessful campaigns. <laughs> um, we, I think. <clears throat> I don't have the exact number right now, but I think we got around 40% of the funding goal. Um, yeah, and at one point we really thought that we were going to make it because we had a lot of uh, we had a lot of followers in the beginning and a lot of uh, crowdfunding the first uh, couple of days, but then it sort of slowed down and we slowly realized that maybe we we wouldn't make it. So. Yeah, that, that was sort of a tough realization to find out because we we invested a lot in the campaign. Like it's always, it's not free to do a Kickstarter or a big campaign or whatever. You have to, well, it's free in the sense you don't you don't have to put in money into the campaign, but you have to put a lot of time into it, and uh, that's time that we could use on doing client work, for example, um, and and earn some money, but. But we sort of we sort of um, put all the eggs in one basket, and yeah, we um, we thought that we were definitely going to make it. So we just uh, yeah, we just did it, and uh, then it turned out to be unsuccessful. So we, it was it was really tough. I mean, though it was unsuccessful as a, as a Kickstarter campaign, um, I know you guys did, however, manage to release um, a demo of the game. Um, how can people listening in access that demo? Um, they can go to uh, GameJolt or to Itch and uh, find it there. Just search for Jason and the Dead, and it should come up. I've seen I've seen some of the videos on on the actual game demo itself, and the artwork I have to say looks fantastic. Um, one of the other games that I'm very excited about is uh, Night Out, which was previously called Siege, and I know that you guys took that to crowdfunding, um, the crowdfunding platform FIG as well. Um, now that turned out to be a slightly different experience for you guys, whereas the first one was unsuccessful. Can you talk a little bit more about how Night Out came about and, and how that crowdfunding campaign went? It was kind of like, uh, after Jason and that, we thought, okay, we just need to make a game where we are not uh, dependent on external sources. We just wanted to make a game that we could make ourselves and just make a small game and that would be it release it and have fun with it. Um, but it didn't really happen because then uh, Fig contacted us and they said, uh, hey, let's, uh, we saw this new game that you're making because we made an update in uh, our old campaign, Jason and that. And they said, uh, maybe we should make a Fig campaign with it. And in the beginning we were like, uh, oh, we don't really know because it was it's kind of tough when it fails. Um, so it's a big chance that you take if you're not sure that you're going to make it. Um, but then uh, Justin from Fake, he said, uh, but what if we set the goal really low and then uh, we can help you as well. We're going to do a lot of 
promotion and marketing and stuff like that. And then they convinced us that we at least would be able to get uh, $50,000. Uh, and then we said, okay, let's do it. Uh, and I guess they were right. So it went really well. It was a fun campaign. And we also had in the middle of the campaign, I think we announced that uh, Mike was going to help us with uh, doing music for it. He's a really great composer. Uh, and along with that, we could start announce uh, some stretch goals, which were um, we had online multiplayer was one of the stretch goals, and then the last stretch goals that we actually got was uh, extended soundtrack with Mike, and it was it was kind of crazy because I remember there was a few hours left, and we needed like three thousand dollars or something, uh, and we thought okay, you're probably not gonna make the next stretch goal, but we made the campaign, so we just went to buy some beers for. Uh, for a bit of celebration. And when we came back, we already got the 3,000 as well for the extended soundtrack. So that was kind of crazy. And it only took like half an hour to get those beers. Uh, so it was a really crazy experience and it was a lot of fun. And when it goes well, it's nice. <laughs> I, think the, I think that's one of the really nice things about the, doing a pick campaign instead of a Kickstarter is that you can get really surprised like um, at some points during the campaign where you don't expect it, then you just get a really large boost because someone um, invests like 5,000 or something. Um, mm. And that's really like, you can go from, ah, okay, maybe we're not going to make that much uh, and then to, okay, now suddenly everything changed. So, um, so that's really cool. And, and I think like with... Um, with Night Out, it was uh, it was a different uh, mentality that we got into it with because with with Jason and the Dead, we always knew that we were going to need a big budget to actually complete the game uh, and have something that uh, that the fans would uh, would like. Um, but it's with Night Out, it's it's been really different because from the beginning we didn't we we sort of invented it with the mindset that we didn't need uh, a big budget um, to create it and we didn't need to make a campaign. But then we um, we sort of made like this uh, prototype of it and then we thought, okay, maybe we could do a bit more if we got some funding for it. Maybe we could add these and these features to the game and it would be more fun. And, and at some point we also thought that, okay, maybe we just, maybe we owe this to the game because we think it's a really nice idea and we think it's a really cool concept, so why not um, take it all the way that we can, in a way? And, and so that's that's why we decided to make the, the campaign. And and now the sort of the scope of the game has also grown, so now we sort of need that budget. And and uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, and now we are also like uh, doing a bit of. Um, of uh, work for hire to also get a bit more into the budget so we can make it even nicer. Um, so yeah, it, it, sort sounds of, like, it, it sort of evolves that way. It sounds like quite a journey you've been on to, to get from sort of the start point of Jason in the Dead to where you are now. Um, and I saw that the most recent update that you had on your FID campaign in which you described quite a difficult decision that you had to take to postpone the game's launch a bit, but you also announced that you're working with a, a publisher to help finish the game. 
Um, I was wondering, is there any more information that you can share about what led you to work with a publisher and what you hope the overall impact of, of that partnership will be? Um, yeah, we, we can't really say anything about that. It's uh, sort of um, um, sort of under NDA and uh, yeah, we can't really talk about it. Um, okay. Sorry. <laughs> but, uh, but I do know that you guys originally um, had pitched to Nintendo. Um, is there anything you could say about that? You know, what happened? How did that come about? Um, and how did you get that interview? Um, yeah, uh, it was like we talked with um, we have we went to GDC and uh, Game Connection in uh, San Francisco a couple of times before. Um, so it's sort of a thing that we like to do it each year, but uh, we skipped some years as well. Um, but uh, at at one point we pitched uh, Jason and the Dead to uh, Nintendo. We managed to get a, a short meeting at Game Connection, where it's like uh, you have these uh, booths, and then uh, you can book uh, meetings, like half-hour meetings with uh, people that are there. And then um, we got a meeting with, uh, with Tim from Nintendo, uh, Nintendo of Europe, I think. Um, and then um, I think that went, went really well, and he sort of saw a lot of potential but uh, it was not something for them like I think there was a lot of um, uh, things with uh, Jason that, that didn't really fit into the whole Nintendo thing um, but then um, we thought hey th th when, when we made this um, when we came up with Nada we thought that it was perfect for the Switch and the Switch just got announced so it was like uh, hey, we gotta do something about this and uh, you think that it fits perfect to the concept because you can, um, you you already have two controllers when you buy it, and it's sort of like a, it's a really fun game when you play two or, or four people together. Um, so um, we we had the the email for this guy, so we just wrote him, and uh, then uh, they, they it turned out that they weren't on the game connection that year, but um, they had like a sort of. A, some meetings at a hotel so we could uh, go there and have a meeting with them and uh, they seemed really interested uh, but at that time I think they thought that the scope of the game was too small because we had just adjusted the scope to be uh, we don't really need anything <laughs> we don't need a big budget or anything but it would still be cool to talk to these guys so um, I think we got something out of it because um, we uh, we sort of talked about um, dev kits and so on and 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 uh, the development kit kits were in a really high demand at that time, um, but I think that uh, we got a good treatment because we uh, I think they liked our pitch anyway. So that's really cool. Our listeners may not know what Night Out is about. Can you just summarize in a in a couple of sentences what Night Out is? Yeah, uh, it's. Uh, it's a really fun and uh, frantic game where you um, you can play against uh, your buddies and each of you have to build a big castle to defend your king and you have all these different items to build with and then when you're done building then you just destroy each other's castles with the cannons and ballistas and whatnot to uh, get to the king. That's excellent. I mean, I've, I've seen, there's a gameplay, gameplay trailer out on... Uh, 
on fig.co and I think it's on YouTube as well. Um, I know you're bringing the game to Steam, uh, Windows and the Switch. Have you got any plans on bringing it to any other consoles or um, even cross-play? I know I've been harrowing you guys on Facebook and asking for cross-play and other things like that. Is that something that could be a possibility? Uh, I think um, in the beginning it will only be online multiplayer for Steam because... um, it's a bit more tricky to get it approved through a Nintendo, but it's definitely something that we want to bring to Nintendo as well. And both Nintendo and Xbox approve of crossplay, so that would mean you could play with, with um, like, if we make it, you would be able to play with people on Steam and Xbox and Switch. But uh, it's not we can't promise anything at the moment. But it's definitely something that we think would be really cool as well, and that we would like to work towards. Um, and if not, a big thing that we want to bring to the Switch as well is the online multiplayer part, even if it's only with people on the Switch. That's excellent. It looks awesome. Um, so just to tie it all up, we want to finish off with one last question that we, we ask to, to all of our um, guests is, where do you see both yourself and Second Studio in five years' time? Yeah, I think uh, hopefully we... Uh... We have some released games out there that we can uh, be proud of and that uh, a lot of people will be playing. And um, we would like to, at some point, expand the company, get some some more employees and uh, get uh, a whole production of games going on. <laughs> I think that's the plan. And, and, and while we really like to do um, work for hire as well, I think we will try to to um, tune more into just making our own productions. Yeah, I think in terms of Night Out, it would, uh, our plan is that it uh, is going to be released in 2018. But it would be nice if it's a project that can evolve and that we can keep working on, making nice updates, maybe making more levels and worlds that you can explore um, and get like really give it everything that we can because I really think it has great potential. It's just... Um, as a small developer, it's it's kind of hard to find the funding to make such a big game, but a way that it could be done was just to release a lot of updates after launch as well. We wish you all the best for Night Out and, and Second Studio. Um, you guys are doing a great job with it. We're very excited to play it. Um, and thanks for coming on to the show today. Yeah, thank you thank both you very much. much. Yeah, thank you for having us. And uh, thank you for the nice words about Night Out. We're really excited about it as well. If you're inspired by Second Studio's journey or just simply want to find out more about Night Out, then just hop over to their website, secondstudio.com, and drop Nikki or Dennis a line. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to share it with your friends. Until the next time, have a good week.